Hello, we've got a a really weird one for you this week. We are doing the uh, low-budget Christian propaganda film, God's Not Dead, uh, and its sequel, God's Not Dead 2, because with Ready Player One coming out, we felt it'd be a better idea to do something tying into the upcoming release of God's Not Dead 3. If you are yourself a Christian, I, I would advise considering skipping this episode, because uh, we make fun of you a little bit. This episode contains spoilers for God's Not Dead, God's Not Dead 2, and the Bible. Hear ye, hear ye. Welcome to today's (laughs) Diminishing Returns sermon. I am Reverend Calvin, and with me are Bishop Allen. Good evening, Calvin. Thank you for having me. Very nice to be here tonight. And Moyle Sol. <laughs> Roar! I'm roaring like a lion. <laughs> the Moyle's the person who does your circumcision, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct, yes. <laughs> right, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> So today we're talking about God's Not Dead and the sequel God's Not Dead 2. I'd like to start off this podcast with an apology to both of you two, because while this was not a personal (laughs) choice of mine, it is tying in with the upcoming God's Not Dead 3, I was the one to kind of spearhead this one and sort of force us into doing it. (laughs) After watching them both back to back, I... Regret that decision. <laughs> Look, I, I was happy to watch at least the first one as um, a kind of cultural exercise in in broadening my horizons. And yeah, I mean, we should acknowledge that Ready Player One's out this week, so we were talking about doing something that ties into what is probably going to be the biggest blockbuster of the year. But no, exactly. Black Panther will be second biggest after Avengers: Infinity War. Maybe. I'm not convinced. Anyway, Cal- Calvin, I- I'd like to thank you for-, for bringing these films to us because having watched these films, <laughs> I have opened my heart to Jesus and decided to oh, no. <laughs> let Jesus into my life. Oh, um, God. So I'd like to say thank you to you. Should we much like our-, our Fifty Shades of Grey episode where we sort of pointed out, look, we know we're not the target audience, we're not middle-aged, repressed housewives. Um... We're the perfect audience. We, we're we the lost looking for the light and that, <laughs> this film shows it to us. White middle class Christians have been oppressed for so long. <laughs> finally someone has stood up for them. And, and so obviously the three of us are atheists. In fact, Alan, you have uh, identified yourself to me in the past as an anti-theist, which they, they make a big thing out of in this film at one point. Certainly I was in the past, not anymore. I've seen the light. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know why you're laughing. I mean, it's it's been a it's been a big moment for me. <laughs> I mean, I have been I have been searching for something, haven't I? So, uh, um, but Calvin, you're certainly you're certainly a, an atheist. Yes, I, I yes, very much so, very much Given so. Your choice of lifestyle. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yes, choice. Yes, it was a choice, wasn't it? They all choose. 
Yeah. Oh, that's another thing. And now I do hate homosexuals now, Calvin. Sorry about that. <laughs> so this will be the last episode of Diminishing Returns with this current lineup. One of us is going to go, and it's up to Saul to decide which one. So uh, I, it's probably going to be me, actually. So I'll, I'll see you later. Uh. <laughs> I must admit, I'm still new to this Christianity thing. They seem a bit drawn on this whole gay thing. Uh, some of them hate it. Uh, some of them say it's fine. So uh, I'm not sure where I stand on that yet. So um, I can hold off. I mean, my immediate feelings is that... Uh, you know, it's a sin, but uh, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I'll be able to uh, forgive you, <laughs> if you, as long as you change your ways. Well, Alan, the the thing is that it's um it's not being gay that's a sin. It's acting it's, on it. it. Yeah, it's it's performing a homosexual act. So so Calvin is fine. Good so job, Calvin. Can't get a boyfriend then. <laughs> <laughs> Should we give some context about what these films are? Because I'm, I'm sure yeah. a lot of our listeners have no idea. No. They're certainly not no. mainstream films. Well, we, we've spoken about this trend in Christian cinema on some past episodes. I think our Ben-Hur one yeah. touched on mm. it. And it. It is quite a recent development that there's just been a spate of ultra-low budget... Well, actually, these aren't that low budget, but low budget Christian-themed films... Uh, some people have basically figured out that, you know, spend a few million on making a, a halfway presentable film, but with a real Christian bent aimed at the the sort of, like, say, white middle class Christians who don't really follow the religion properly, but share Facebook posts about Jesus and stuff. They lap it up and... Mm. And the 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 marketing's built in because you're you're making something that directly appeals to people who have already kind of sorted themselves out from the pack as sheep. So it's uh, it's become this real market with with these ultra low budget uh, Christian films. And God's mm. Not Dead is perhaps the most well known of the lot. Mm. Mm. It was certainly the one that I remember. I remember seeing posters of it, like on the tube on my way to work and stuff. So it must have mm. had a healthy-ish like marketing campaign behind it. Wow. Um, mm. And both films have a couple of recognisable faces in them. Hercules himself. Um, what's yeah. his name? Kevin Sorbo. Sorbo. Yes. Sorbo is in the first one, and Melissa Joan Hart's in the second one. Is that Father Jim or whatever he's called? No, 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 no. Kevin Sorbo is the, I'm trying to think uh, of who the atheist like lecturer. Philosophy. Oh, and he's Hercules. Film. Yeah, well, he used to be, and then he like broke his... No, he had a stroke, didn't he? And then he got he hit by a car his... <laughs> and had to accept our Lord and Saviour. In the film, he does. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> um, just to sort of give a brief synopsis of the films themselves for people who haven't seen them, I guess people haven't, you know... Um, well, it's, it's seen the people's... Them. Christianity is under attack in modern America... Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because of the PC brigade, <laughs> who won't let you have free speech. Yes, um, and they want the Muslims to take over. And so this is just uh, showing some examples of how you can fight back against that, and how we all have to stand up for what we believe in, if it's Christian gods. The second one is all about a teacher who brings up Jesus in a classroom environment, and is then taken to court over, it and has to defend herself. And in the first film. Uh, a young college lad goes starts going to his philosophy lectures, and his lecturer is a mean atheist man who wants Ooh. to stomp out all religion everywhere, mm. and uh, they debate each other really. But it's a very it, it it sounds like it would be a fairly you know 
uh, fairly even. You know, you can leave the film making up your own mind after being presented with <laughs> sort of facts from both sides and opinions and all that kind of stuff. But it's really not. It's uh, it, they are essentially propaganda pieces, quite frankly. Yeah, and I mean, why not? I mean, the mainstream media is a propaganda for the Jews and the atheists who are trying to <laughs> and the, the liberal Hollywood elite. Yeah. Exactly, and so finally... That's why we love Donald Trump so much, because although Donald Trump collects his yearly residuals from the uh, Actors Guild of America for the various films that he's appeared in, um, he is sticking it to the Hollywood liberal elite by being an outsider, even though he's not at all. So that's that's why America's going to be great again. A little bit, a little bit of push the other way, I think, is okay, don't you? Hmm? Finally, someone who talks sense in in politics, rather than these career politicians who just trying to line their own pockets. <laughs> in all seriousness, I went into this first film with a genuinely open mind. No, you didn't, you liar. <laughs> no, I genuinely did. Because I was sceptical, but... I mean, I think I think this is going to be interesting for you to hear how I thought of it. Really, I w- I was skeptical going in, but I tried to be as open minded as possible because I thought, like you just said, Alan, and I don't know if you were joking, but I did think, well, like ultimately, everything is kind of propaganda to a sense. You're always going to instill some of your own belief about what you know morality mm. is and what have yeah. you on the piece, and uh, you know we're we're very fortunate as liberal people that Hollywood tends to align with our own beliefs. Um, <laughs> we, we never really have much of a problem with going to see a film and, and being like hugely offended by it. So yeah, I, I kind of thought, fair enough, maybe there's, there's um, some room for this. And certainly off the bat, I, uh, I was impressed with how not ridiculously absurd it was um, to begin with. Um, <laughs> How far in did you get before that changed? I've, I've I've made like viewing notes. I mean, my first note here, if we if we just want to dive in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Well, this yeah. film is uh, from a company called Pure Flix. Yes. Now this reminded me very much of Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> They're pure, like Jesus's heart. Do you know much about the uh, that that company? They produce quite a lot of these kinds of Christian films. In fact, I think they churn out about three or four a year. They're like a Christian Blumhouse. Pretty much, yeah. And you know Reverend Dave, who shows up later in the film? Yes. He's the guy with the long scraggly hair. He's one of the CEOs and co-founders, I believe, of that he, company. So he's a real person? Yes. <laughs> what was that Reverend Dave all about? I mean, I didn't understand what he was doing in the film anyway, but... Well, he funded it, so... That's bizarre. Reverend which Dave... Was, which one's Reverend Dave? Was he the main Reverend... car- the main pastor? Guy. He's the one with like yes. a smashed nose, isn't he? Like a big bulbous smashed nose. He's the one who's got his um, f- reverend friend over from Africa or whatever, and they're trying to go to Disneyland. The main, the main pastor in the in the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I wondered why he came back in the second one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My next note is a Harold Cronk film. Um, <laughs> it's not it's a funny name. Nothing funny. The name of the director. <laughs> Harold oh, Cronk. Right. <laughs> I did. T- I must. I must say though, before we get into this, all these notes I made were kind of before I became enlightened about the, <laughs> oh, the oh, truth right, okay. of Jesus. So, of course, this, this is, is good. this we'll is this journey. is the old Alan's yeah. notes. Um, so, when, for example, my first note is even this insipid inspirational music over the credits is annoying me. That was before I learned to accept the newsboys into my heart uh, and open <laughs> open my mind to newsboys. <laughs> 
Hmm. Yeah, my my note is what is Newsboys? What are they a band? <laughs> Question mark. But I'm now very familiar with them, and their their smash hit "God's Not Dead." <laughs> I love it that there's a credit in the main credit sequence that like credits someone's research or studies or something, and yeah, that's a Rice very Brooks. unique credit. Well, over the end credit, I mean, we'll get. I, I'll save it for the end credits. But there's some fucking bizarre stuff in the end credits. Ooh, it was like God, yeah. it was like watching the Naked Gun when they had like best huh? boy worst boy Adolf Hitler and little stuff like that <laughs> dotted around in there yeah, um, uh, yeah but the re- the re- the research they've got is from someone called Rice Rice Brooks who seems to write uh, books in defense of uh, the existence of Jesus I don't know the fact that someone is called Rice is perhaps <laughs> evidence of a godless <laughs> world but there you go whatever <laughs> well all right let's get into the plot then because basically you got this kid he's at college and he signs up for his classes, including one that is a liberal arts class that you've got to do, apparently, in mm-hmm. modern America. Um, so he takes philosophy, introduction to philosophy, I guess it is. And he goes to his class, and the, the tutor there starts his opening class by going, right, look, we're going to deal with philosophy. We all know religion is bollocks. Sorry, I'm not swearing anymore. We all know religion is rubbish. <laughs> so <laughs> You can swear you can't blaspheme. Yeah, is bollocks the name of the Lord? <laughs> um, anyway, so God's bollocks. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he says, "Look, I'm not. Even, we'll just wipe religion off. We'll save ourselves a lot of time. Uh, uh, God is dead, and we, then we can get down to proper philosophy. So I just want you all to write, God is dead, and then sign it, and then we're all happy. And obviously, this one particular kid who is a, a devout Christian uh, wants to stand up for what he believes in and refuses to do it." And I mean, I, I I think it's pretty reasonable that the tutor's like, can we just skip past this? But mm. he's making it very theatrical, isn't he? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I I thought at this point that it might be no no philosophy scholar, no philosophy tutor is going to wipe. No, of course out they're not. Philosophy and theology go exactly. hand in hand, have done for centuries. Um, so obviously, it's just. It's not something anyone would really do. So I assumed it was an inciting act. He's doing it to make someone yeah. stand up and go, oh, no. And then we go, right, let's have a debate. I, I genuinely, yeah, I was expecting that twist. <laughs> yeah, that's what I assumed it was. Like there was going to be, and then he sort of like, he was getting more and more involved in it. And I realized that wasn't going to be the case. But when it was still sort of 20 minutes hmm. in, I thought it was going to be like, well, I challenged you and only one of you stood up. And uh, even though, according to statistics, 80% of you are Christians. And, well, yeah, my, you know, my, my note around this point is this isn't actually bad so far. My notes says it's cheap and it's basic but i was expecting it to be a lot worse because yeah initially it seems fairly even-handed and not that bad um but i've also made a note uh that i want to point out just that the lead character is called josh sweden um is that yes. distracting for you guys <laughs> not really uh... it's just very it's weird isn't it it didn't bother me too much and i, I think i think we're all on the same page here like certainly for this first encounter of the um the uh the, the class and the lecturer i i was sort of on board mm. with it and throughout the opening credit sequence we see snip sh- uh, snapshots of um other people going about their lives and there's like a, i guess a, a muslim mm. woman who's got the um the uh, what what's it called the wrap around uh, the head headscarf yeah she's just got the headscarf on and i'm thinking like oh okay so this isn't just going to be about yeah, christianity yeah. it's going to be about yeah, maybe yeah, all yeah. religions and and she she was and the, and the the establishment of her character is that she wears this veil when her dad's around but as soon as she's away she's like get that off <laughs> 
So yeah, yeah. So she's obviously wants to challenge certain elements of her religion, perhaps. Yeah. That's what we're mm. thinking. Mm. Uh, old school yeah. versus mm. these new young people, whatever. Um, yeah. So my yeah, my exactly. note here basically is I I like the professor. He's the first character that I've warmed to immediately. Um, and mm-hmm. it's just twelve angry men, but with God. Um, and then I've mm. written loads of mm. things like twelve angry gods, twelve spiritual men. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and that and my note is exactly what you were saying, Alan. This seems like a brilliant teacher who knew that a student in his class would stand up for God and it would get some great debate going. What would probably happen in that circumstance is that a couple of people would go, uh, no, I'm not, I can't do that. In fact, most people in American uh, in America would go, well, I'm not going to do that. Even if I don't particularly believe, I'm not going to just sign that. Mm. That's ridiculous. And then, go, and then he would go, right, let's have a debate. The fact that there's just one person stands up uh, mm. and says no... And all the others are like, oh, for fuck's sake, just say God is dead, God. <laughs> like, even once, even if they were reluctant, once one person stands up, the other one would go, yeah, actually, do you know what? I'm a Christian as well, actually. I think this is bullshit. So, it, so far, not very realistic. Yeah, start. but I was on board with it. I honestly wasn't, like, I, th- I thought it was relatively entertaining so far, and I wasn't that, like, bothered by it. Uh, but then mm. we're introduced to our evil, lefty, liberal, snowflake news reporter, blogger, Podcaster, oh, yes. <laughs> whoever she is, who uh, is it? Is that Amy? Amy Ryan? Yeah, That's the who uh, name, who like who basically? Oh, what's the word? Pounces on on the Duck Dynasty guy, <laughs> the poor Duck Dynasty guy who's just trying to go to church. Yeah, yeah. just to say, <laughs> what the fuck? Why do you believe in God? <laughs> <laughs> And why, why, why do you like shoot animals, yeah, God? Yeah, like, and you know, no, nobody in their right mind would behave like that. That's not. It's it's not even <laughs> close to a normal character. Uh, it's very weird. It's how she performs it as well, the actress, because I guess that everyone involved in this is probably a devout mm. Christian, and that's why they're involved with it. But she just every line she has is just like spat out at the guy like she just really can't stand like she's scowling Mm. at them while she's doing this interview so she's not a very good interviewer for a Mm. start um and then it quickly becomes apparent that pretty much every non-believer in the film is going to be presented in a similar fashion and i've I've made a note Uh, about the muslim girl here actually because i I, this is something i'm going to touch on a bit later but i think it's important to point out how like wrong basically incorrect this film's understanding of islam is um because i think it's i think it's <laughs> you really feel you needed to say I, well, that. I, I think it's quite it's one thing to be like portraying think... atheists in a completely ridiculous way but when you start bringing like other religions into it and you're portraying them like factually wrong it it's kind mm. of quite dangerous and offensive frankly so um so the fact that that girl wears a oh, headscarf hello. snowflakes on. what oh i'm offended I'm offended for the Muslims. <laughs> well, anyway, so the, the, the <laughs> no, well, no, we go to the debate. Okay, yeah, <laughs> this is the, the girl's headscarf, right? Um, she's in the car with it, but it just shows on the part mm. of the filmmakers such a complete and utter lack of understanding about what that is. Because, um, firstly, it's a it's in the car. I think when we first encounter her, which is more of a cultural thing. That's basically. Uh, comes from Saudi Arabia, which is obviously quite an oppressive country uh, for a number of reasons. Mm. And it's it's not really a religious thing, but the headscarf is, which is the much less extreme version where you've got more than just a letterbox that your eyes can peer through. But the whole point of it is to basically make you modest and and cover up all but your your face so that you're not like 
turning on men who can't control themselves around you. Now, when she turns up in the car with her dad, her arms are out. She's wearing, like, quite a low-cut top, I think. She's 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 wearing, like, normal, westernized, sexy clothing, and then she's just put a headscarf on top of it. And that is not remotely how someone like that would behave. And if her dad cared to the point that he does in this film, he would kick off about it. He would lose his fucking shit about addressing like that. So, right off the bat, mm. very, very, very inaccurate portrayal of Islam. Maybe he's one of those moderate Muslims who lets them get away with certain things. I mean, but then he forces her to wear a headscarf, so... I was kind of going with that. We've got all these different subplots going on, and I was kind of wondering if each one was going to come out with a different perspective yeah, yeah. or conclusion or something i wasn't quite braced for the fact that no this is pure christian propaganda mm. and everyone who is you know who will come good in the end will become a <laughs> christian uh and those who aren't are smoted i mean I, my <laughs> next note probably shows how quickly i began to get annoyed with this film though uh, i think it becomes a bit more venomous uh, mm. so it is Rev Dave is such a flat-faced cunt like Steve Irwin after oh, having him. his face trampled by a wild stampede of crocodiles. He does look, he's a bit Steve Irwin, yeah. He seems like a nice guy, though, doesn't he? No, he's horrible. I hate him. It's just like a wacky pasta. Him and his mate, who are just so... These are the kind of guys who would turn up at your doorstep and, like, want to hand out a leaflet on Christmas Day or something, and you're like, no, I want to open my presents. And then ask you to pay 25p towards covering the costs of printing the thing. (laughs) Mm, mm. And it seems to be a running gag throughout both of these films that Reverend Dave, it's all... He, like, he has bad luck. Him and his mate want to go to Disneyland. The car's not working. Oh, he's so funny. They, you know, he, things happen to him, and I think we're supposed to think that God is, like, yeah. sort of taught, like, pranking him? Well, he's one of God's mates, isn't he? That's why, yeah. No, it's because it's everything happens for a reason, isn't it? The ending is this sort of Magnolia-esque, look at how everything comes together, <laughs> and God made all this stuff happen, which we'll get to in a bit more detail, because mm. if, if that is the idea, it paints God as a monster, but, um... <laughs> <laughs> so then we find out our, our lefty liberal has cancer. And uh, my note oh, is, yes, I bet, the report. Yeah, I bet she finds God. She's so busy on her phone, like all millennials. <laughs> she's also got a horrible boyfriend, um, Superman, from Superman, the Adventures yes. of Lois and Clark <laughs> uh, in the 90s, if you remember him, Dean yeah. Cain. Yeah. I, I did put, I've got a note about him. I put, um, I know Dean Cain character is being painted by this unconvincing writing as a total unremitting arsehole, but I actually quite like him. Uh, you've got to admire the courage of someone who dumps their girlfriend because she has cancer. <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, it's brutal, but you got. I mean, he just has no compunction about it whatsoever. <laughs> He's just like, sorry, love, I ain't got time for that. <laughs> you got to admire that kind of forthrightness. And it's all kind of interconnected because the liberal reporter's brother, oh no, the liberal reporter's uh, boyfriend is the brother of the university lecturer's girlfriend, who is also a devout Christian. And we have some uh, scenes of her earlier on looking... Like, there's a whole, like, snippets of her at a supermarket, and she's picking up olive oil and, like, smiling and nodding and walking away. And she does the exact same thing with wine. It's like, everything she picks up, she has this, like, ah, yeah, and then walks <laughs> off. It's very distracting. She messes but, up, um, doesn't she? I, I, I think it was in the next scene in the lecture hall after the initial encounter that I really started turning on the film because it is apparent then that they are just going to portray this professor as a complete arsehole 
Yeah, um, I, I'm exactly the same. My... That's oh, that's when we find out that he this isn't a bit that he's doing. He's yeah. actually really taking it personally. Yeah, yeah when he, he confronts the student and says, why are you doing it? Why are you challenging me, you asshole? I'm going to fail you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. It'd be one thing if he was like not doing a bit and he meant all of it. But it's another that he's so small and petty that he won't even take the kid on in like a fair debate without throwing mm. his toys out of the pram, even though it's something he instigated himself. But that first bit of debate scene, which is when the film really kind of starts doing what people came to see, it is just, oh god, it is such bullshit. Um, mm. So fucking just biased and omitting very important details and mm. you know, Josh Josh Whedon, uh, showrunner of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and, and Angel <laughs> and firefly he loves the occult his first argument <laughs> is that the bible had it right and science had it wrong uh mm. back back in the day and it's like because he says something like you know how can it be that for so many hundreds of years that uh, the, the bible had it right and science had it wrong it's like no science didn't really exist as a concept um actually josh uh, <laughs> Um, it's science only really came into being as as the quality of life began to improve in the world to the point that you could have people who weren't toiling in the fields and worrying about eating when when you had monks basically. I mean, it was largely like religious people to begin with who were some yeah. of the first to start really dabbling in science. The religious people were most educated, and that's how they knew things that they've passed on. And and his argument is that. The Big Bang's kind of what you'd think it'd be like when God created the universe, therefore God must have done it. Mm, um, exactly. Exactly. So Religion exists because everything kind of superficially matches up with broad expectations, sunset being uh, beautiful, must be God, etc. You know, mm, it's, mm, it's, mm, mm. Well, Christianity. I mean, I don't know about religion, but <laughs> the Chris, a Christian God will create a beautiful, something that his creation, man, will find beautiful. Alan? Because obviously he's creating a world tailored to us. Alan. <laughs> yes? What type of Christian are you? I'm a bit new to the whole Christianity thing. I haven't worked that out yet. Um, I quite like the idea of actually eating Jesus. So um, <laughs> the Catholicism thing appeals, but they are very big on guilt. I don't know if I'll go for that. Um, I think you'd be quite a niche one. I think you'd be like a Calvinist or a Presbyterian yeah, or something. A Calvinist? <laughs> that sounds close to home. Um, the beauty of Christianity is that it has splintered into 800 different types of Christianity. You can just pick and choose whatever you want. And in fact, from what I understand from what I researched so far, you can read the Bible, pick out the bits you like, ignore the bits you don't. It's great. Hmm. I mean, you can pretty yep. much take whatever you want from it and then say you're a Christian and uh, get charitable status and don't have to pay tax. Hmm. It's great. Hmm. Is it around about here where they... Uh... Because they, they sort of they talk about this Big Bang theory and how God must have done that, and they immediately override the yes. argument of well, who, you know, the natural response to that would be well, who created God then if God could? Yeah. And they override that by saying that God cannot actually be created because He's eternal or something. What is it exactly? God, that they say? I yeah, remember. I mean that that's the argument that God has always been, and that you're kind of viewing things through a very primitive. Um, mm fourth dimensional way of looking at the world rather exactly than your, your so-called science and laws of so-called physics is just your very narrow view of the world god no. god god's grace defies all scientific facts um the, the idea is basically that you can't even look at god as like a, a thing defined by time as we know it that he's just always been always has been always will be and it, it's mm. it's a cheap and easy cop out basically but it's, yeah it's sort of the 
defense of it. It's uh, it's around this point that we see that um, Josh is starting to win over some of his classmates. That he mm. has this um, Chinese. Is he an exchange student or, or what is he? He's uh, know, Martin he's... Yip is his name. He's not a great actor. Also, that when this boy is trying to stand up for what he believes in, everyone around him is also telling him to stop, including his girlfriend. And oh I yeah. Put, they seem to be in a very long term relationship. They've planned their future. They know exactly where they're going to live with a little white picket fence. And I did put a note here. Um, if God leads him away from this cunt of a girlfriend, then religion must be good for something. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously it was a different different person back then when I wrote the word cunt. Uh, obviously now I would never use that. This film uh, does itself such a disservice by its, its just hideously two-dimensional villain writing. That girlfriend character is ridiculous. The tutor is ridiculous. Um, every character who's not some pious hero to be put on a pedestal mm. is just, I mean, two-dimensional is perhaps generous. It's just absurd. <laughs> the point of this character as well is that he's he's doing pre-law, his girlfriend wants him to go to law school, blah, blah, blah. But then she's like, oh, don't get involved in a debate. Don't get involved <laughs> in where you have to argue something. That's no good for a lawyer. Don't do that. The, the thing <laughs> is, like... It's never portrayed once as a good relationship, a healthy relationship. No, we don't see anything of the relationship at all. It's not set up at all until she yeah. comes up and goes, why are you debating this guy? Just admit that God is dead. God. Nor <laughs> is it ever portrayed as a relationship that Josh has any stake in, that he cares about. He, he doesn't seem mm. remotely bothered about it. He doesn't seem remotely upset by having to make a choice between her and God. So when it well, becomes that a that's not a choice at all, is it? I mean, that's that's fair enough. Like it's obviously meant to play as a moment of sacrifice, and uh, instead it plays as you just think, "Oh, thank God for that. He's out of that horrible relationship, and we don't have to." Please don't take God's name in vain. <laughs> it's about this point that the Muslim subplot really kicks off and comes into play properly, and this is when the film becomes truly like mm. Unforgiv- mm. unforgivably offensive, if you ask me, because it's so misguided in what it's doing. Mm. Well, no, I think this is a very sort of even-handed, tempered p- depiction of well, Islam. We... And, you know, I, I, I'm like very much like her. I like to come back after a hard day's work and unwind with it, listen to a bit of Christian scripture on my mm. iPod. Um, and what happens, Alan, when she's listening to the nice bit of scripture on her iPod? Yeah, she's just having a nice relax, listening to a bit of Christian scripture. And her brother inexplicably is... Uh, prompted to compelled, I should say, to get up and go into her bedroom mm. and look at what she's Finds doing out she's... for no no reason whatsoever. And he, he grabs her phone and runs and tells dad. Um, now the problem with this is <laughs> that Muslims don't really take issue with the Bible. The Quran is essentially a third book of the Bible. In essentially, it, it it's built upon the other two testaments. It, it it's. The Quran isn't a book of this happened and this happened. It's it's a book of um, teachings that by by Muhammad. The idea is that brush your teeth, be nice to each other, that sort of stuff. And so, when you want any kind of historical context from a religious point of view, you have to dig up the Bible or or the Torah or something and look to these other religious texts that more or less believe the same thing because it's an Abrahamic religion. So Muslims will read the Bible quite happily, and you'll be encouraged to read the Bible and take it in from an Islamic point of view. So the idea that this guy would then come in and like beat his daughter without having like listening to what she has to say because she happened to be listening to some scripture is is fucking absurd. 
Yeah, mm. but I mean, you know, I mean, fair enough. I believe that Islam is a, a sort of a weak offshoot of Christianity that has corrupted <laughs> over time. But um, I mean, that, that is very true. Uh, <laughs> Muslims believe in Jesus as well. You know, they um, Jesus. Jesus is a, is a true a historical figure. We've established this <laughs> exactly. But but my, but my point is, Muslims believe in Jesus. They they he's believed to be a prophet, just like Muhammad. You know how much they love Muhammad. Praise be upon him. Well, they love Jesus. <laughs> He's one of the bloody prophets. They'll celebrate Christmas, generally speaking, as a kind of like, oh yeah, it's one of the prophets. Uh, no, you're wrong. Them. See, they they're trying to stop us celebrating Christmas. They want to call it Xmas or winter holiday. Uh, this is very true. They don't they don't don't let you sing Christmas songs in schools and, and anymore. And Mark Zuckerberg has banned any depiction of the nativity on Facebook. Mm. So if you see a picture <laughs> of nativity, you have to share it around before he gets to it and takes it down. Yeah, so that everyone will see that we won't put up with this. <laughs> I think they want to impose Sharia law on everyone, don't they? And that, that's true. <laughs> I think it was probably that man who was driving the car at the end that <laughs> kills that professor. <laughs> Almost definitely. Yeah, my next note is that the professor's wife is hot, and it the, the message I took from that really is that I should be an arrogant atheist because like <laughs> he's doing right, isn't he? and she she is one of his former students. They met when she was a student, and apparently that's not against the rules. It's just frowned upon the teacher to shack up with a student. It's just hilarious that we're expected to believe that this guy who seems so like he he's not even interested in debating the existence of God. He's just emphatic that no there isn't one yeah will stick his flag in the sand on that and yet he has this devout christian girlfriend and who, she who met in his class where he made her sign a piece of paper that says god's dead he's, yeah he's a typical arrogant close-minded atheist who is a misogynist he doesn't respect her opinion so he doesn't he's not interested in her opinion so it doesn't matter mm. it doesn't matter to him whereas jesus might hung out with women all the time the My thing favorites. is, though, I think I think it's because um, I'm I'm new to this whole like dating game at the minute, and I must say, you do seem to find a lot of quite attractive uh, Christians. Because I think I think being very attractive and being stupid often goes hand in hand. And <laughs> I think that's sort of the Venn diagram. That's well, I find that offensive. You know, you don't go to church or like practice it, but when the census comes around, you write Catholic and you have your kids christened. Yeah, well, no? Catholics don't have them christened. No, wait, what? Don't they? Now you get confirmed. Is christening Protestant? Yes. Well, it's Church of England, is it? so yeah. Yeah, Church is Church of England not Catholic. No. <laughs> no. That, that, that's that's why that, Henry that's the whole, changed it. That's the whole reason there is a Church of England because they split from the Catholics. Oh, is Church of England? See, see, is Church of England Henry VIII? Close-minded atheist. He. I thought Henry VIII. I thought Henry VIII created Protestantism. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that that was. <laughs> Church of England. I thought he fell out with the Church of England. No, he fell out with the Church of England. they were the Catholics. Well, they were oh. before he created the Church of England. Exactly. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. You see, this is a tip. This is typical of an atheist. They don't do any research. They don't know anything. Let me tell you this: God is watching, and He is judging you. So. <laughs> You might want to balance those scales a little bit. My favourite scene is around this point in the film, and it's to do with the professor and his girlfriend yes, when they're yes, throwing yes. the party for his liberal hoity-toity the, friends. <laughs> the rudest dinner guest <laughs> in the, the history of the world. I was laughing out loud. And my quotes are, this wine is awful. 
It's like it's been in a mouldy basement. <laughs> oh no, it's great. I, I loved that bit so much because this wine that we saw her pick out so lovingly at the start of the film and smile and, you know, nod about, um, she left it in the boot of her car when it was sunny outside, so she pours Silly it for cow. everyone. And that, that one bottle goes a long way because um, there's about eight people around that table and they've all got a full glass of wine and they're all like do it, swilling it and like sipping it. And say, oh, it's like it's been boiled. And uh, that's just as she's... You know, it's that she's never actually, she never feels like a part of the party. She's always walking in with a plate of something or uh, uh, glasses or something like that. Because people don't respect Christians anymore. They put them onto a lower plane. That's just it. I was, just, I was just thought it was so funny that, that everyone there is an atheist and they're all intellectuals and snobby and like, oh yes, my wine and my fancy home and all that kind of thing. Try and the then... wine. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. It's, uh, I just thought it was so funny. And then she gets so upset about it because she's like, I picked out that wine. And oh, I, I, thought, I, was, I thought it was so funny. Just how mean everyone is to her. <laughs> I think they missed the trick by not having Josh Whedon like plowing her in front of the atheist professor at the end, like maintaining <laughs> direct eye contact as it happens, and giving him like a little thumbs up. Oh dear! But anyway, that's what causes her to leave him finally. Um, and then we cut back to the debate that that's sort of taking place um, over the course of the semester or whatever. Josh comes back to the whole Stephen Hawking argument saying that it's uh, circular reasoning because Hawking said the universe needed to exist, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's a complete and utter misunderstanding and, like, twisting of what the argument was in the first place. Hawking obviously said that the universe exists because the laws of physics pull it into existence, which is not the same as saying that the universe exists because it needs to exist. We should also add that Christianity is built on circular reasoning, so to attack circular reasoning uh, <laughs> as a defense of Christianity is not smart. Mm. Well, no, what... Christianity is built on the word of God, which is indisputable, and <laughs> you, you, so... Uh, and then they get on to What can defy God's will? What can defy God's will? Nothing. What about the devil? He Humans. cannot defy God's will. Yeah, you can't. Humans, Humans can't. Can defy That's why we cast out of paradise. Exactly, because the devil got, got, influ- <laughs> got an influence on them. They get onto evolution, and this is when I got really fucking angry, like, really started to get pissed off, because it was so... It's one thing to be a Christian, it's another to deny, like, scientific fact, you know? It's it's just... And, and their argument against evolution is to look at the the history of the universe, and then the mm-hmm. little snapshot in which life has existed, and say, look... It's barely any time at all compared to all this other time. So how could it evolve? It's meant to take ages. Yeah, because that snapshot represents millions of years, you king idiot. Exactly. Christ. But, but oh my god, created, god, you god created fucking the world, wanker, it, Josh. It just, Josh Whedon. Days, so, Josh. Yeah. Fucking dropping out of Batgirl, Josh Whedon. <laughs> oh, a woman has to direct it now. The climate's changed, Josh. We don't want your Batgirl, especially not after Justice League. You cunt. <laughs> See, you're very angry, and uh, perhaps if you accepted Jesus into your life, then in that same evolution bit, they they point out that um, not every species was even around at the dawn of time. That like some have sprung into existence since then. They even acknowledge that. So how could that happen if it all came from the Garden of Eden? How could that happen without evolution? And then 
Someone says it's easy to dismiss what you don't understand. And this is someone who was just dismissing evolution. So, <laughs> oh my god, I honestly... Well, Josh's next argument is uh, that without God, there's no reason to be moral. Um, exactly. How do you live questions? a moral life without Christianity? There is no other possible way to find a moral code in life unless you've got Christianity. That's why you live such a heathenistic life. That's absolutely <laughs> fine. I mean, it's correct. There's, there's without without God, there's no reason to be moral. Correct. Next question. Like, does that does that prove God? Uh, <laughs> I don't really see how it's well, relevant you, to be honest. You want a world without God that will be chaos, and you want to murder people and rape people. It's not about what we want, is it? It's about it's about whether or not that's an actual bit of proof in favour of... Uh, but you, you, you as, a, as a so-called atheist, how do you take moral decisions in your life? How do I stop myself from <laughs> murdering people just on the fly? It's hard work, isn't it? You can't, can you? Because you go around killing people, stealing probably. No doubt you take false idols. Oh, yeah. And cover your neighbour's ox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, do all that. Should we, should we, oh, let's do this, right, because this is always fun. Let's get the Ten Commandments up and let's see which ones we've uh, appeared <laughs> oh, to. brilliant. They're in order of importance as well, aren't they, from one I, I to ten? I believe so. Okay, so number one, I am the Lord thy God, thou shalt not have any gods before me. Um, I've never had any gods before him. Do Power Rangers count? Because I liked them <laughs> like gods. Yeah, I think I think they do actually. Yeah, I, th- I think. I mean, I think a, a, a really angry Christian would say that caring about anything more than God, which I absolutely do, would count as a violation of that. So, so Alan, you're you're mm. pure so far, but Calvin and Sweet. I, we're we're one down, one for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, you shall not make for yourself an idol in the form of anything. So certainly Calvin and I were guilty of that. You've got your little Freud's action figures, Golden Gun. and I've got my Pokemon. What have you got? <laughs> yeah. You don't have any possessions, do you? You've just got like... nothing. I don't. I don't. Oh, that's a bit too Buddhist. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, number three. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Well, I did that earlier on, Alan. You corrected me. You've done so it I... several times in this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calvin, <laughs> I think you do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've Alan... stopped. I've stopped now and asked for forgiveness, so it's fine. Okay, okay. Uh, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Uh, which day is it? Sunday's what I've heard, but I think sometimes it's Friday. Oh, Friday evening if you're a Jew. Friday evening going, is pretty holy for me. <laughs> is that a gay joke? Right. No. Yep. <laughs> never mind. Yep. All right. No. Next. Next. Is that a uh, <laughs> is that a bum sex joke or like a toilet cubicle joke? Uh oh, it could be either, couldn't it? But I guess like I I read something that said that a joke with two possible punchlines <laughs> is a very bad joke. So. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Well, I um I don't work on Sundays because uh, I'm unemployed. So uh, <laughs> I can borrow that one. <laughs> okay, but let's let's remember that work includes you know a lot of things like I do turn on the lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, honor your father and I... your mother. Well, I think we're all guilty of that on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what we've honored our mothers. I let mine on the podcast. <laughs> Then we've got you shall not murder. Oh. I mean, fair enough. I haven't ever murdered anyone, so that's are the animals first one. included in that. Yes. I don't think so, because mm, God's okay, always then. killing him. God's always, but then he kills people, actually, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, now you shall not commit adultery. Well, we're all guilty of that because under Christian like law, that's anything outside of marriage counts as adultery. That's why you're living a life of sin, Calvin, because you can't marry in the eyes of God. Mm. In fact, I think that's pretty much the only reason why homosexuality is like 
a sin, isn't it? Because you just can't do it within a, a, a godly marriage. And therefore, it's um, adultery. I'll tell you what, though, Sol. I'd say of the three of us, the one most likely to be married legally to a woman is Calvin. <laughs> Don't you what? think? Um, like when when he gets about to 58, he's going to oh, marry a woman. Oh, I see what you mean. We know this. We know this. It's going to happen. I think you're right, actually. Yeah. Out of the three of us, that is quite no. a... Uh... I mean, I'm not saying it'll be a sexual relationship. Oh, well, then um, fine. Yeah, just just companionship. This is what I mean. Yeah, like when you're a bit older and then you'll think, hey, let's get married. There's probably some tax breaks or something. Yeah. Like <laughs> or whatever. And then yeah. you'll do it. It'll be like a companionship thing. Yeah. I might get married pretty soon, to be honest. Just to, just to spite my ex. So. <laughs> like before you've even moved out. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with marriage or anything, but I think it'd be pretty funny. <laughs> so, mm. how many are we down on the commandments? Uh, so that was adultery. That was seven. So we've got three more. Okay. Uh, Thou shalt not steal. So I'm pretty sure uh, I've stolen something. Yeah, in some I capacity. Have done at some point. So yeah. intellectual property. We're always stealing that on this show. I stole. I stole. I stole. God's not dead. When I watched it online. There you go. There you go. I stole both these films. Exactly that. Was I the only one that paid to see them? Did you pay money for this shit? I know. I'm really sorry. I I knew it was going to like upset me. So to the point that I would be annoyed if I put money into the system. But you shall not give false testimony against your neighbour. So you can't lie. Basically. Well, we all lie. Come on. It's what the Bible's built on. I've never lied. Uh, and you shall not covet your neighbour's housewife or property. So, oh, I've certainly done that. Right. If you want anything <laughs> at all, then that's a sin. I tell you what. I tell you what. Cal- Calvin is one of the most covetous people I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely always got an eye on the neighbour's uh, oxen. Yeah, <laughs> giving it once over. You know, that's a lovely bit of oxen over there. But looking at this, right. That's nine out of ten of the Ten Commandments that you and I, Calvin, break on a, a regular basis. Mostly, I think um, we just <laughs> yeah. don't murder people very often. So yeah, which is, which is fair enough. That's a pretty good one. Because I say I'm I'm new to the whole Christianity thing. So God, Jesus, Jesus is God. He's the Son of God. They are one and the same thing. They all praise and love Jesus instead of God, mm. or they do love God as well. I'm not. What is the whole God Jesus dynamic thing? They're literally the same thing. Yeah. God is Jesus, and He's also the um, the Holy Spirit and the Holy Father. Mm-hmm. That that's the Holy Trinity. They're the same like thing. It's like in Power Rangers when they all join up to make a big <laughs> ranger, like a Gigazord or whatever they're called. I was wondering if it was like you know, like how um, Diglett becomes Doug Trio. <laughs> is it sort of like that? Yeah, I think so. It's like the, that drag act. You, you know those drag acts where they'll be like one half's a man, one half's a woman, and they'll like do a, a duet and turn around as they sing each part. I don't watch such things. It's immoral. God's that, but with three of them. Let's talk about the ending. Uh, yeah. So uh, Josh Whedon like tricks uh, Josh jo- Josh Whedon with his incredible Josh Whedon. Josh Whedon with his incredible wit that he's known for. <laughs> Um, and wordplay <laughs> tricks the professor into acknowledging the existence of God by asking if he hates God. And he says, of course I hate God. God's a twat. And then he goes into a tirade. And uh-huh. goes, oh, got you. That means God's real. How can you hate something that doesn't exist? 
Mr. So-called Professor. Mm. <laughs> but the thing is, and I, I think this is worth pointing out, like, if God is real, then, like, I hate him. <laughs> I think he's an awful <laughs> person. He's really not mm, pleasant quite. at all. He only smites the non-believers and sinners. Mm. So as long as you haven't done anything wrong, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. I didn't ask for all this. I don't want to be born. You didn't, you didn't ask to be born. No. That's your that's your defense. <laughs> like a like a petulant teenager. <laughs> God gave us free will so that we could make our own decisions within his strict guidelines. He did so he did so knowing that other people could then fuck things up for other people, which is in no way offering any sort of protection or anything. He did so knowing that, like, you know, a 35-year-old man could abduct a 5-year-old and brutally rape and murder them, and the 5-year-old would have no recourse or anything they could do about it, and then God just leans back and lets it happen, because, hey. Yeah, but that that 5-year-old goes to heaven, unless it's eating fish on a Friday. <laughs> so, um, yes. in the case of the professor who is hit by a car at the end of the film, is yeah, that divine you. intervention? Did God cause that to happen, or was that just an act of free will by some <laughs> random human, and God did not intervene to stop it? Because we have seen that God can apparently intervene in the universe of the film and alter the course of characters' lives. Well, well, hang on. Before we get there, it's worth noting that the debate is sort of concluded with a, an "I'm Spartacus" moment, as everyone. Oh, the, yes. Every student stands up and, and says, Oh, God's not dead. God's not dead. There was one dead. that didn't. There, there was, was one. a couple, I noticed, that were, that were still, uh, still uh, sticking to their uh, foolish guns. It becomes incredibly apparent that none of the subplots have like paid off or, or connected into the main story in any capacity yet. So now, now we've got like a frantic closing moment. Um, I have a question, actually. So Martin... The uh, Chinese guy. Is that a question? Yeah. Um, <laughs> is he gay? Because the way it plays in this film is that he is your typical gay character who is kind of torn between their lifestyle and religion and chooses to kind mm. of ultimately repress their true self in order to appease some nonsense religical... Uh, <laughs> religious... I can't speak. Rel- uh, yeah. Religious, religious doctrine that's word. like... Mm-hmm been jammed into their head since childhood. Mm. Um, did anyone else get that impression? Because he, he's very camp. I, I, he's very camp, yes, but I think this is, because like I was saying, I'm assuming that every actor and everyone involved in this is some kind of a devout Christian in their own way, and I have met quite a few. How mm. many Christians that like really lean into it are repressed homosexuals? Because I think it's probably oh, quite probably a Oh, probably quite a few. Yeah. yeah I, 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 think, I think this actor is probably gay. Yeah, uh, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think he's just <laughs> playing it the you know I think that's just the way he is. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, anyway. I think the, the this film sort of tries to have a twist at the end, but I think they really missed out on a good twist, which would have been if the professor scratched his little goatee and it turned out he was old Scratch and he he was there to like <laughs> lead the students astray. <laughs> uh, I don't know what that is. He was like trying to get them to write Satan. <laughs> he was trying to oh. um, <laughs> steal their souls <laughs> by having them denounce God in in class and. With mm. a cane and like a little. Mm. I mean, that would have taken me by surprise. I'll give you that. I think it would have worked about as well as the ending we got. Right? Can we finally talk about this? Because he is hit by a car. Everyone's going to a concert to hear um, "God's Not Dead" boys. being sung over and over again. <laughs> Can I just read out my next few notes, um, which cover this this car scene, and then we'll kind yes. of go back to it. But just to kind of worst car hitting someone effects I've ever fucking seen. Have you, never, have you never seen uh, Meet Joe Black? No, I've not. The atheist gets nearly killed so that Reverend Dave can save him and make him believe in God. 
oh my fucking god, this is the most offensive thing I've possibly ever seen. Imagine being that cunt, you you see a guy dying and you run in to convert them to Christianity on their deathbed. In this universe, God <laughs> is clearly real and he chose to kill the professor in an act of pettiness. Um, <laughs> yeah, but what what happened though? You, you're saying that's an act of pettiness, but what happened? He, he found God again and he, and he found forgiveness and absolution before he died and so he's going to go to heaven. Well, he found God it's because he believed ending. in him all along and was scared into like accepting yeah. it. So he was always bullied into accepting Christianity. And he needed to go into an extreme point in his life to be ready to accept the truth of God again. But there was nothing about dying at that point compared to like being on his deathbed at age 70 that would have made it any different. No, because it all had to happen all at once otherwise he would have, you know, he would have walked away and gone, "Oh yeah, do you know what? Forget it. I broke up with my girlfriend. That kid made some very true facts and interesting <laughs> points." But ultimately, <laughs> I forgot. I f- forget about them because he he picks and chooses what facts he likes to listen to, doesn't he? I mean, like most atheists. So he, uh, so it all had to happen at that time when he was at, you know, a point of emotional distress because that's when it's easiest to let God in because we we've let our defenses down. It's like how I I broke up with my girlfriend recently and I went on a date with someone the other day and don't really know what I was thinking. They're like dropping my standards that much, to be honest. But it's it's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> You're saying God's a rebound, <laughs> pretty much. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. God's the rebound that will last you the rest of your life. Can you put that on a, a jumper for me, please? What I'm curious about here is how we as an audience are supposed to feel in this moment, because I don't know if we're supposed to think, "Yeah, good." The Bastard is dead. Hooray. No, you're, me- you're meant to think how beautiful he's going to heaven. Oh, right. Okay. He's going to heaven. He's been saved. They've saved him. He's got like right. the, the purest like ending of all. He he dies and goes to heaven and it all came mm. together in a way so that he could be saved and could go to heaven. And it's not sad because we all know that death isn't the end. And, and... Well, they, they say that. Like Reverend Dave's talking to his other reverend mate and his other reverend mate is like, what happened today, tonight is beautiful. Just a moment of pain and then think how of all the joy in heaven right now. And they're like laughing and like, oh, isn't this great? It's like, hmm. And they're, they're praying With- for Cancer Girl to pull through. So they don't want to. Yeah, because it yet. wouldn't be joyous if she were to go to heaven for some reason. But uh, for the lecturer, it's apparently reason for celebration. Mm. Um, I just don't. Yeah, the mentality of it. It's like, why aren't you just like slaughtering babies at birth if it's so wonderful in heaven? Because God says says that's bad. You can't murder. Mm. It's like the laws of robotics. They thought it through. They knew you were going to do that, and that's why they. Ah, you see, yeah, exactly. You can't commit suicide because you don't want the shortcut. You've got to do the. You got to do your time mm. and try and do good things while you're down here. But there's mm. no there's no uh, rule against just living a very dangerous existence. So you're not allowed to directly kill yourself, but you can uh, you can start abusing dangerous drugs. Um, you mm. can you can take up horse riding and not wear a helmet. You can go driving the wrong way down the motorway at like two hundred miles an hour. So there's all sorts mm. of things you can do if you'd uh, if you'd like to go to heaven early. Sol, with your so-called atheist mind, you're trying to find loopholes here, and it's not it's not about that. It's about what you truly believe. Yeah. God, you're not you're not going to stand in you're not going to stand in front of the gates of heaven and Saint Peter's there going, 
So do you think you lived a good life and you go, well, no, but here's a loophole I No, because, through. no, you're putting your own human morals on this. And, and as we know, God is the, the be-all uh, and end-all of what is and isn't moral. And so if God left a loophole in his divine wisdom, in his, in his omnipotent like power and knowing everything, if God left a loophole there, he intended it to be there for us to use. So uh, none of the subplots tie into anything at all. Um, the Muslim girl turns no. up at the concert and that's it. Doesn't doesn't have any relevance to anything. Um, and then Duck Dynasty Man returns to shill for the phone oh. companies and gets everyone to waste a load of money texting people to promote the uh, film for them. Yeah. In a weird sort of meta fourth wall scene that doesn't have any bearing on anything whatsoever other than selling the film. Um, the song, anyway, they start singing God's Not Dead, He's Surely Alive. Uh, apparently God is roaring like a lion. Now, isn't that blasphemous mm. on some level? Because surely a lion roars like God, not the other way around. Ooh. Yes. No, you're just, you see, you're just being... <coughs> this is a typical closed-minded so-called atheist view. Where you're trying to find these tiny little details as if you're, you're trying to turn scripture in on itself. That's not what it's about. <coughs> see, I'm choking on my own rage here. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what that's not what see as your typically of your your scientist mind trying to find facts when what you need to do is look at the bigger picture and find faith there's a little montage the professor professor radisson's dead we're meant to take it as a happy ending and then the screen comes up with the words text everyone you know mm. the most offensive cynical bit of marketing bullshit Oh, I couldn't believe it. it is I could not un- believe it. Believable, and I bet it worked because this this film made so much money. So I mean, I mm. bet that was a big part of it. I bet everyone got on their phone, not Twitter, because the people who go to watch this shit probably don't use Twitter. They don't care if it's tri- trending or not. They get out their phones <laughs> and they text "God's not dead," and apparently people know what that means. I believe it was the most uh, profitable independent film of 2014. Oh, it did God. make quite a bit of money. And then, uh, as the end credits continue, we get the words, God's Not Dead, the movie, was inspired by the following legal cases where university students and campus ministries were condemned for their faith, which is a cheap ploy to make the whole thing seem more credible to idiots. No context given for any case <laughs> whatsoever. So I yeah. I picked the first three out and looked them up just to kind of see what we were talking about here, because I was sceptical mm. that these would be anything close to unreasonable cases. So... The first case was Ward v. Wilbanks, Eastern Michigan University, 2009-2012, in which a student in a counselling program uh, was trying to claim a right to discriminate against clients that wished to discuss same-sex relationships with them on the grounds that mm. it violated her religious beliefs. Uh, basically, mm, it a student, it's an immoral thing to do. <laughs> basically, a student <laughs> believed to work with gay people in the school counselling program and took them to court. Mm. Because uh, they basically said, "Well, you you either do it or you're not part of the program." So that's that's a pathetic court case to be putting up as like proof that atheists are bad. But they won. They won. <laughs> she didn't have to deal with the queers. Sorry, I meant homosexuals. Did they win? <laughs> well, I presume so if they're citing it. In no, the I don't. I don't. I don't think film. all these. I think a lot of these went the other way. These ones that were cited, from what I was looking at. Hmm. Okay. Well, then that's the so-called homosexual liberal elite. <laughs> Uh, trying to stop us, stop our rights of not being gay. They want us all to be gay. The the third case, uh, Keaton v. Anderson Wiley, Augusta State University, 2010 to 2011, was the exact same thing. 
uh, a grad student in a counselling programme who wished to avoid LGBTQ students. Um, Hmm. And basically they wanted to have the option to avoid them or to subject them to conversion therapy and ultimately (laughs) refused to comply with the programme required as the university laid it out. Uh, The second Uh. case... Badger Catholic Foundation v. Walsh University of Wisconsin, 2007-2011. Basically, University of Wisconsin charges students a fee uh, that's distributed amongst extracurricular activities and services. So, counselling, tutoring, student organisations. But I don't want my money going to the the gay (laughs) organisations. But... What happened, Alan? What if my money, what if my good Christian money goes to like a Muslim organisation or something like that? The University of Wisconsin Roman Catholic Foundation, also known as the Badger Catholic, for some reason, <laughs> uh, applied to be one of these student gro- groups, which would mean that they would receive funding. Uh, they were rejected. Yeah, good, they should, they should. What? <laughs> they were rejected, not because of religious grounds, but because the group included many non-students, including a bishop. Uh, and eventually they reorganised the group and were approved for membership. They then had to submit a budget... Yes, a victory for, for God. They then had to submit a budget for approval of funding, as is the case with all of these groups. Uh, but each budget was partly rejected because much of the uh, speech that they carried out was religious in character. And the university clearly stated... Oh, the attack on religion. Some, suddenly religion is an evil thing we must take out of universities. Oh my God. The, this is a PC gone mad. The university won't pay for three categories of speech. Worship, proselytizing, and religious instruction. It's willing to... You notice they've got nothing there against hate speech. Mm, racist <laughs> speech, that's fine. They'll put they'll put money into that. <laughs> they probably wouldn't let the group exist in the first place on hate speech grounds, I would have thought. Uh, it, it's willing to use it for what it calls dialogue, discussion, or debate from religious perspective, but not for mm. anything that is like specifically preaching and telling you how to behave and how to... Think. The program's rejected uh, things like spiritual mentoring sessions with nuns and priests and a retreat consisting of masses and communal prayer sessions. So basically, it's a court case that comes down to the religious people just not reading the rules properly and trying to submit their like dodgy receipts. I'm going to see if I can get refunds for the money I spent to like rent these things because I'm like I'm I'm not okay that I've given money to such a company that mm. yeah would align itself with such cases and and those were the mm. first three that I picked out and there was a long list wow. and I'm pretty sure it's yeah, all there, the yeah, same there shit are, so must have been a couple of dozen at least so I didn't see a single one that was legitimately like Christians being picked on or 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 um, people being like unfairly prejudiced against them or anything like that. Um, it was just a lot of petty bullshit on the side of Christianity. Much like God's Not Dead. So, um, started off not being that bad, this film, but by the end of it, this is the worst film I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah, I'm happy to hear you say that, because I think it's, yeah, true for me as well. I can't think of anything else that has been completely devoid of, apart from one scene which was unintentionally hilarious, (laughs) and a sort of okay promising 10 15 minutes at the start mm. i just hated everything that i was seeing mm. it, it's it's just it's offensive it's just so transparently thinly badly written like offensively badly written it's hack writing the message it's putting forth is like disgusting so fuck god's not dead it's shit and it's dangerous frankly and 
I hate it, and it is my least favourite film ever made. It's topped Day of the Dead 2 Contagium. That means the Resident <laughs> Evil films are one step closer to being out of the uh, bottom ten of all time, Calvin. You'll be pleased to know. Oh, hooray! Well, I mean, it's it's pretty clear you brought your own prejudices and uh, issues into this, um, which, you know, that's fair enough. It's something you're going to have to work through. You'll find God later, maybe. And if you ever want to talk, I'm here. That's what we're doing right now, isn't it? <laughs> Shall we briskly move on to the next film? Uh, yeah, yeah. Which yes. came a couple of years later, I believe, stars Melissa Joan Hart, <laughs> Sabrina the Teenage Witch herself. Oh yeah, Starring who is apparently her. quite a uh, quite big Republican Christian. Yeah. Uh, so to say she that's... was promoting witchcraft to children that well, that's age. what I was thinking. Like talking cats <laughs> and witchcraft. Come on, it's just a bit of fun. <laughs> not for not not for Christians. Mm. I also love there's Jesse Metcalf in here as well, who's her hunky lawyer that she gets saddled with, and he's best known as being an adulterous gardener who's having an underage sexual relationship with a housewife on Desperate Housewives. Well, the, so the, the guy uh... who plays the lawyer that she goes up against, um, what's his name? Oh, Ray Wise. To me, I don't know about you guys, to me he's best known for literally playing Satan in uh, that show Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I, I know him from um, Twin Peaks And he pops up in Fargo as a character Who's kind of, you could certainly ambiguously Believe is is Satan I think he's kind of based on another old Religious figure But um... Yeah, he often plays sort of villains I guess with a face like that Not just villains, you know, just Satan <laughs> Literally the devil <laughs> I felt a little bit bad for Ernie Hudson Before this film, but now I feel really bad for him <laughs> only one that i was sort of like is he religious or is he just taking this for the money yeah. uh, come on Carsey, judge ernie hudson he's he's right there what makes you think that oh ernie hudson i've seen him in things i like him he can't possibly be a christian um i, I can't think no actually that's true i do like uh kelsey grammar and he's one of those <laughs> so uh... well I, I was surprised to see characters from the first film pop up anyway i thought it was going to be a completely new break I was surprised about that. That was my first note as well. And then it turns out to basically be a complete new story with just the same subplots that yeah. don't go anywhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the A plot now is Melissa Joan Hart and she's a teacher and she mentions Jesus in a class and then she gets taken to court over mm. it. And at the fucking start, there's a bit where they're reading out um, these truths that we hold to be universal or blah, 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 blah. No, she's doing it as if she's doing it like it's a, a quiz and they're like, right, what's this from? And they, they do know it, but they're like, oh, yeah, it's this one, it's this one. And then they answer. But it's like, but they have to confer with each other. But yeah, they are, they are supposed to be like 16. I knew what that was when I was 16. I would have won that round of the quiz. And I'm English. That's my point. They like they were so like. Anyway, yeah. So what happens? She mentions like Jesus in class. The student goes home yeah. and says, "Oh, the teacher. She said something about Jesus. It was really nice." And then people are like, "Whoa, not okay. <laughs> you cannot <laughs> mention the typical Jesus. atheist knee-jerk reaction to to hearing about Jesus, who was a real person." Who just gave good moral teachings. And they go straight into the court case in this one. There's no attempt to... Oh, it comes up very quickly, doesn't yeah. it? I was surprised. I thought we'd be waiting an hour mm. for it, because this film is longer than the last one. Mm. It's a courtroom drama, yes. No, I know, but the first one was, really, and it took ages getting round to it. Mm. You know what's, um, what's bizarre, though, is it takes them over an hour 
to get to trying to use the fact that Jesus was a real person as a defense in this court yeah. case, even though that would be the first fucking thing that you go to, surely. It takes them over an hour mm. to even think of using that as a defense. Yeah, I like that bit, because, you know, they're fighting for faith and belief, so, you know, try and get out of it on a technicality. That's I, I like that. And then Sabrina goes and does some crying in her bedroom, which really hits home that she's not much of an actor. <laughs> and uh, th- there's never the slightest shred of doubt in either of these films what the um, outcome's going to be. Actually, that's not entirely true. For for a bit of time at the start, you think, well, this could go a few ways. This debate, mm. it could, you know, the professor might come round to his way of thinking. They might just end on like a note of mutual respect. Uh, but certainly, the second film, there's no shadow of doubt how it's going to play out and how the court's going to mm. rule. So, like, why even? Actually, well, you say that. When they want, like I said, they were trying to get off on a technicality, like, oh, it's not, it wasn't about faith, it was history. It's like, okay, well, that's not really the point, is it? So when they abandoned that, I was kind of, all right, they're going to go with the, the ending that what this film needed was she does lose the case, the atheists win, and so, hey, they're, they're keeping Christianity out of the schools, right? Is that what you want? But then she, like, goes off and goes and works in a Christian school. Or, uh, or like, she goes and decides to devote her life to preaching to people in Venezuela or whatever. So she would, and she would just like, okay, well, if God's will was to make me lose this case, he must have some other purpose for me. I thought that was going to be the message mm. when it looked like she was going to lose. And then your other side message would be, hey, the system's trying to keep us down, man. That would be far mm. too um, um, intelligent. Well, exactly. I mean, I was a bit... I thought that's where he was going. I was like, oh, it's actually uh, not bad. Not a bad ending if you're trying to, you know, send that message. Uh, mm. But no, they just win through passion and prayer, I believe, is, was the reason. Oh, um, yeah. No, it literally, again, just people praying saves the day. Mm. And people are, like, thanking God at the end. And then, most of John Hart's looking after this old guy yeah. who's, like, infirm or whatever, and he's, like, giving them all the Who? <laughs> Pat Boone is that. Pat Boone was some... a very famous singer in like the fifties. It basically ends as Melissa Joan Hart turns to the camera and says, uh, "Post about this film on Facebook and tell all your friends. Mm. Te- text everyone, God's not dead too." <laughs> Can I ask something that they didn't bring up in the film, which I thought was weird? That you know, when she's she's testifying in court and other people testifying as well, she swears to tell the truth on a Bible. Mm. Um, does that not seem yeah. somewhat <laughs> I don't know it feels like it should at least be addressed that this whole court works on like the word of God it would be um, a sensible you know way for the court like case to you know the defence to point it out like is an yeah just say look we obviously yeah. have a lot of def- we obviously have a lot of belief in in, in, in religion I think anything like that is gonna make the point that Christianity is actually hugely embedded within American culture and everyday life and that Christianity isn't under attack and being oppressed and Christians aren't an oppressed people and it's better to kind of not like ignore all of that so that you can have this other narrative going whereby the Christians are the oppressed ones and need to fight back and go and see this film and tell all of their friends to go and see this film and then go see the film again and again and make lots and lots of money for the uh, Reverend Dave running his Rizzo <laughs> films knockoff. Were you disappointed by the lack of defamation of other religions in this film, in the sequel? I thought I would always give the Hindus a bit of a slap. <laughs> it made it slightly more palatable, at least, that it didn't even go there. Yeah, my, my, uh. my final note here is 
that the second one is a worse made film, but not as offensive and less insidious. Um, I'd probably agree with that. It's more upfront in the fact that it's just complete and utter, like, biased twattery. So, <laughs> the, like, so the first one yeah. is more dangerous and offensive, and I really didn't like it. God's Not Dead 2 is uh, my, my third least favourite film of all time. So, Calvin, <laughs> really? you know what this means? Resident e- There's no more Resident Evil films in your top ten worst films of all no, time. but the first Resident Evil has been pushed <laughs> out of the, the ten. Hooray! So, Does that mean that uh, two will still be there, yeah. won't it? Four? Apocalypse and Afterlife are still there at uh, number four. Ah, right, yes, five. two and four. I don't like the Resident Evil films. I think they're uh, immoral. Why? <laughs> Zombies are in the Bible. Uh, Jesus was a zombie, mate. That is blasphemous. <laughs> no, he was. Lazarus? Lazarus is not a zombie. He was resurrected by the power of belief and thoughts and prayers. I don't understand the difference. Isn't that what Evil Dead is? So, um, is God is Not Dead... God is Not Dead 3 isn't God is Not Dead 3. It's uh, God is Not Dead, colon, a light in darkness. Well, I had a look at um, Pure Flicks Entertainment, like other films in their... Uh, repertoire. There's one that actually had, like, Rene Zellweger and uh, some other big actor in it. Oh, this is it. Yeah, Rene Zellweger, Greg Kinnear, John Voight, Olivia Holt. (laughs) Um, It's called Same Kind of Difference as Me. What? And it was released last year, October 2017. So, I mean, I don't know about this. I'm... A lot of rules. I'm just starting to think twice about all this Christianity thing. It's... I, I think you should, Alan. Yes. I don't think it's a lifestyle for you. Shall I sack it off? <laughs> Shall you what? Shall I sack it off? <laughs> sack. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, okay. Um... Shall I chuck it in then? I don't think you should. Yeah. I think you should keep it up. No. It's not been at all tedious, this whole episode. The thing is, I, thing is, I have accepted, I've accepted God into my life and all that, but I do have this nagging doubt that, um, you know, it's obviously bollocks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel, I can feel the darkness closing back in, guys. Oh god! It's, 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 it's the two-hour setup for that fucking laboured punchline. <laughs> 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 Ah, <laughs> uh, bollocks to it. I can't be arsed with all this Christianity <laughs> shit. <laughs> Alright, guys. I'm back. Religion is evil. Religion is designed to oppress the masses. But, you know, these are masses that need to be oppressed because they're fucking idiots. If if these films are anything to go by without religion, they'd be turning to Duck Dynasty, so... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Keeps them off the streets, doesn't it? Exactly. <sighs> um... So, should we pitch a third one? Yeah. Um. Well, first, first of all, I'd be curious to know ratings. I'm oh. curious to know what rating Saul's worst film of all time gets. Well, I presume it's got to be a uh, one. <laughs> one. One out of ten, unless we can go lower. Well, I was wondering if we re- if we went to zero, quite frankly. Uh, I think we only go to one, but if we go to zero, it's a zero. It's the lowest <laughs> possible score for no, both yeah, of them. Yeah, it's only one. See, I, I went with a... I, got, I gave the first one um, four, and the second one four. <laughs> Really? Yeah. What? So fucking. So they did get to you, didn't they? Just because I didn't agree with the message doesn't mean you know completely. 
you know, same as. But that's like watching Triumph of the Will and the, like. Oh, never mind. Beautiful cinema. I mean, so which were the two Oscar films you gave a four? Was it Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri? Yes. So Alan Turing official scores. <laughs> God's Not Dead, as good as Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. They can put that on the poster. It annoyed me less than Three Billboards. Well, that's just like something's misfiring in your brain somewhere. Well, at least at least this is it's, it's it's not dishonest, is it? It's putting it out what it is. The first one, I would argue, is somewhat dishonest and insidious. The second one is very blatant about what it is. So, yeah, but four is very generous. That's what you gave Phantom <laughs> Thread. That's yeah. what you gave. Three billboards outside Emming, Missouri. Yeah, but the structure of this film was better than Phantom Thread. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Phantom Thread was fucking boring. Which is a sin. I, 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 I'm flabbergasted. Calvin. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> that, that's, that, that's affected you more than me pretending to be a Christian for two hours. Yeah, because I knew you were joking then. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, Alan, I am shocked. Really, it's I, it was it was one of those things where I wasn't really sure where to where to put this. And obviously, in the terms of the message it was preaching, I, I didn't agree with it. And I don't think it was very subtly done. But I don't know. I, didn't I thought feel... I thought the writing of all of the supporting characters and how it went about putting its message across and how it was so unashamedly overtly biased without any attempt at like legitimately portraying any other side was was just lazy but i'm i'm all right i'm all right with that it's it is a piece of propaganda and it sets out to be that and it achieves that i'm not uh, that's what i was expecting so it wasn't like i think it's gonna have to be a one for both of them yeah one for both okay so they're both gonna have the same score then two out of ten is that the two lowest rated films we've ever done it must be surely i'm just gonna look it up because calvin likes resident evil even despite Alan's horrific generosity. No, it's not. Um, that makes them the joint fourth worst film we've ever reviewed. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's lower then? What have we seen that's worse? Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. The <laughs> um, Happening. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> that's, oh, definitely. Hang on, what was the other one? Sorry, I missed that. I was laughing at Tokyo The Happening. Oh, well, that's fair. It's not. That's really unfair. <laughs> and uh, AVPR, Aliens vs. Predator Requiem. Oh, that's true, actually. Hmm. What what did we give AVPR? Because I'm one pretty sure we all gave that. All three of us gave it one out of ten. So that will be the lowest rated yeah. film. It might be joint okay. place with others, but yeah, that's fair. Did we? I gave the happening one, didn't I? Yeah, you both gave the happening one, and I gave it a three. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't believe that God is Not Dead is not going to be the lowest rated film on the. Side I think that's very that's unfair. Done. The happening's much more fun than God's Not Dead. So shall we try and come up with an idea for a? What our sequel would be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did, I did want to have a see a, a sequel where we deal with the the teenage girl in the second film. Her just basically living with her parents, and it'd be really awkward <laughs> because they just tried to sue her teacher, and she was really against them. And I just wondered. Yeah, they don't really resolve that at the end, do they? They yeah. just sort of go off walking through a door with the nasty lawyer. <laughs> well, um, I, I love that scene because. It. They basically just explained what he'd done, just in case we'd missed the point that <laughs> he was he was being nasty to pr- to prove a point. Um, uh, yeah, and we don't unfortunately get to really see what happens behind the scenes with them, uh, where she's like they're suing someone on her behalf, even though she doesn't want them to. It would have been nice to see a bit more of that. 
Uh, and then like just the aftermath of it. <laughs> She's like, ah, you lost. And they're like, we have to sell the house to pay the legal fees. <laughs> and then she's like, oh shit. Should have let you I've know. got an idea. Oh, yeah? No. God's not bread. And. But he is. Someone if you're makes Catholic. toast. I'm making this up on the spot. Oh. Someone makes toast one day. And they look at it, and it's the face of Jesus <laughs> in their toast. And. Um, they try to sell it on eBay and it goes for like a million trillion pounds. But then like some some angry snowflake liberal lefty starts a court case saying it's it's violates the Trade Descriptions Act or something because they're saying it's a divine <laughs> image in the toast and that they can't prove that it's divine. So there's a court case to prove that God's God's bread or God's not bread and. Uh, I mean, I don't think you're really addressing the the Protestant Catholic issues you're going to come up against with this. <laughs> God's not wafers. So my uh, my sort of initial thought would be to go down a similar sort of uh, baking route because I was thinking like obviously the plots from the for these two films are sort of ripped from the headlines mm. as it were yeah. like based on real oh, court cases. You're always yes. hearing about. Christian bakers who are refusing to bake cakes for like gay yeah, and gay wedding and stuff. Yeah. So, but they all want yeah, they so all want was... cakes of a big cock. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we do, wouldn't it? That that's what they yeah, would yeah. be. They'd be like really unreasonably wanting yeah, they, some kind of. They like, want a big spunking some... cock with like marshmallow <laughs> spunk flowing out, and <laughs> yeah. I I was thinking something like even more blasphemous, like you know Jesus on the cross being wanked off or something like that. and Because ob- obviously they have to be the most unreasonable, nasty, demanding people who are disrespectful of the baker who is just running a nice little family bakery. Can we make them like those two characters in James Bond? Mr. Winter, Mr. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> From Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good idea. So they're quite threatening. <laughs> I would love to get those two actors back as like an older gay couple. (laughs) (laughs) And they can be really creepy and hang around the bakery and get the gay mafia on them and stuff. Uh, How do you feel about that, by the way? Like, say if you're a baker and you're, for whatever reason, you you don't like the gays, right? It doesn't matter really what, if it's Christianity or whatever. They say, look, we want a gay cake for our gay wedding. And you say, no, it's, Mm -hmm. it's not my thing. I don't agree with that. So I don't want to be a part of it. Do you think they shouldn't be allowed to do that? Uh, no, because then that's going back to the days of when you would rent out a room, or people would rent out a room, and have a sign up saying no blacks, no Irish, no, you know, yeah, Asians I mean, or whatever. I think in a, if we lived in a vacuum, I, I do think that, you know, people should be allowed to do what they want, as reprehensible as it is, so I, I do kind of feel like, in an ideal situation, it shouldn't be illegal to not make a gay wedding cake, or... Or I mean, I don't, it's, it's no actually it's different. It, if they wanted it to be a cake that said like "Happy Gay Wedding" and they refused, I think that should be fine. If they just wanted to buy a normal wedding cake, but it like was for their gay wedding and they refused, that's different. But mm. um, obviously, I, I do think there needs to be some degree of legislation to step in and stand up for people because, sadly, in in certain areas, particularly in America, you you will find enough small town mentality that will make trouble for people which is why i be- i assume it does become a legal issue um personally if i was a gay uh fiance then i probably wouldn't want to 
give custom to the the gay ba- the, the anti-gay bakery in the first place and i would have thought like hopefully enough other local people would like not shop there for the same reason but like i say in practice um the sort of ideal way of things often isn't how it plays out so yeah so it's, it's a bit of an iffy area really cuz no i think still rejecting something like that would be to do that on the basis of personal prejudice and when you're running a business you can't run a business on the basis of oh we'll only cater to this one particular group of society that i well you can surely can't you if you run a private industry you can do what you want with it but why 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 is this just this this argument only ever seems to come out when it's related to gay cake baking it's like it's it's because no one would be brazen enough to try it with like racial stuff in this day well there was that landlord who owns like you know hundreds of houses across the uk or something he's like a very profitable uh landlord and he's refusing to rent out his properties to indian people because in his words the smell of curry (laughs) sticks in the carpets and you can't get it out so should he be allowed to do that on that it's the same logic well Again, like, a landlord does have the right to just pick and choose who they want to rent to. That is how the law works. And so if he kept quiet about the fact that it's that's why, he would have probably got away with it. But um, <laughs> it's one of those things where, like I say, I, I in an ideal world, I think people should have the right to be complete cunts. But then people should, you know, not stand for it and, and not rent from them and not be nice to them and tell them that they're being an awful person and that sort of thing. But then in reality, that isn't how it works. And that's why the law tends to get involved and step mm. in and say, mate, you're being a twat. In theory, I'm against the smoking ban. Because I think in theory, uh, uh, it should be up to an establishment if people can or can't smoke in there. And if you don't like secondhand smoke, don't go into that establishment. It's not mm. a public place. It's you know, it's, You don't have to go in there. At the same time, it happened because in practice, no business was going to be the one that stepped out and said no smokers here because it'd be bad for business and it was never gonna you know go anywhere so it's, it's one of these things where ideology and practicality kind of don't quite match up i think mm. yeah exactly i mean i'm not saying i'm not trying to come down on either side really i i think it is it's interesting that certain rights are protected and then but like say you owned a hotel or something and someone rented out a space from you because they were doing a big screening of God's Not Dead, um, and then they were going to have a big discussion afterwards, a nice little prayer meeting. If you were, if you were going, now, sorry, not not having that. Would that be all right? It's a general space that you you rent out for functions and stuff. It happens all the time. Well, if if you just didn't want to do it because you didn't like like Christianity and stuff, then yeah, that's mm-hmm. not on really. It's yeah. So what if it was like a Nazi meetup and they were like, yeah, we're just going to do some Nazi speeches and. <laughs> Just, you know, general a bit of Nazi chat. We'll keep it within that room, don't worry. We're not going to... Can you say no to that? Would you? <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I mean, yeah, I well, think yeah, I would, yeah, but you it know would what? make yeah. me somewhat hypocritical. Yeah, yeah, yeah I accept that. <laughs> I'd probably say no to the uh, God is not dead viewing as well, but I just didn't want to sound like too much of a hypocrite <laughs> right off the front, right off the bat. But. It's like I'd, if someone said, can we rent the screen out and play Resident Evil? I'd be like, no. Get out. <laughs> well, that's it. And I think it's the same thing. If you if you allow something like that to happen within your business, you are giving tacit consent to that. 
And if you're if it's something you're against, then I can understand why you don't want to do it. It seems like what it comes down to is like if most people agree with you or not. <laughs> that's pretty much, which is fair enough because that's what society is. It's yeah, just yeah. Communal, and that's it. It's, it's, rules, where, it's it? where you draw the line, I think. And I like the bakery one. I think it should be the bakery. It should be a a cake mm-hmm. for a gay. It's ripped from the headlines. Yeah, yeah. A gay couple I think want you, a cake. You need to go bigger though. You need to Texas. keep going bigger. So yeah, I'd say Supreme Court, but we've done the courtroom drama already. Mm. Um, it should be in heaven at the pearly gates and the heaven mm. between God and and Satan. Because the bakery blows up, yeah, <laughs> and kills everyone. Because the the gay the gays demand that it be so pink, they're like putting in all these additives like um, <laughs> nitroglycerin <laughs> to make it really nice and pink. Pink nitroglycerin, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think, okay, what we what, what's really important is here is a bankable star. So who do Ooh. we know that's a Ooh. good Christian star who will come in, on, come on board and, and, and back us? And, and it's prepared to not, it's not only someone who's Christian, but someone who's prepared to just like put themselves out there and go, hey, whoa, Christians, whoa, Christianity. <laughs> and so far we've got Kevin Sorbo and uh, Clarissa explains it all. So it's, it's it's obviously not a deep pool we're looking at here. But we, I think we need someone bigger than that because the these are bringing in less money, and we need to re reignite interest in the franchise. So let's invest in a, a bigger name this time. Who's the biggest Christian? Well, is James Woods a Christian? Because he's a cunt now. So. <laughs> I reckon he'd be very happy to make an anti-gay like film. I'm ha- I'm looking up Hollywood Christians. Uh, John Ratzenberg is a big Christian. <laughs> he can do the voice of God. <laughs> he he wouldn't do it though. He's too he's too savvy again. Well, uh, here we are at my uh, pearly gates, <laughs> and uh, I hear you've been uh, baking a uh, cake. <laughs> Oh, Patricia Heaton from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> She's a big Christian. Oh, Denzel Washington, apparently. Ooh. Now we're talking. But again, he's a bit of a, yeah, keep, keeps it under wraps. Well, he, he's the sort of Christian good. that probably doesn't hate gay people. He's probably the sort of Christian who just sort of says, hey, just mm. try to be a good guy. He did, he did defend Tom Hanks when he was gay. So uh, Chuck Norris. Oh. Ooh. Chuck Ooh, Norris might actually could be Could we perfect. make this into more of an action film? Chuck Norris, Gary Busey. <laughs> um, I think uh, Kelsey Grammer can come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All three of them. <laughs> he, Kelsey yeah, Grammer yeah, would be brilliant. like the lawyer who is the bad guy, yes. who is the atheist, terrible bad guy. But, you know, he's doing it for the... Gary Busey is one of the two mm. gay people who like comes in and demands they make the cake and he's really unreasonable. Chuck Norris is the simple baker who's like just trying to make an honest living as a baker, but he's he's been he's he's, yeah. he's getting on. He's been a, a small town baker for like decades. Mm. Um, I think cameo from George Foreman as himself. <laughs> he'd be selling a he'd be coming around to the bakery to sell some grills, like see if yeah, he's yeah. going around all the catering establishments. Who's that? Um, that uh, two and a half men boy, the half one. The half man. Oh yes, Angus. Something. Yeah, yeah, Jones. Him in there. Angus Jones. He, he can be the yeah, other one yeah. in the gay couple because obviously, because they're a gay couple, there's a big age gap <laughs> so, to prove how um, depraved they are. Brilliant. I think that's that's all good, isn't it? Solid. 
I've I've no I've I, right I've got I've got a genuinely realistic casting choice for our lead here. Looking on a list of uh, Christians, Stephen Baldwin. <sighs> oh, Ooh, he can't be busy. That's the right level, isn't it? <laughs> yes. He, he's he apparently he became a born again Christian after nine eleven. Oh, he's oh, they're perfect. the best ones. They're totally mental. He believes that his outspoken Christian <laughs> opinions have cost him film roles. Means that he's not been cast, so he's bitter <laughs> about Hollywood. He'll he'll be happy to take a leading role in a film like this. So fantastic! Oh, some of the films he's done recently: God's Club, Oh, Faith of Our Fathers, <laughs> Wow, uh, The Unmiracle. I don't know what that means. The Apostle Peter: Colon Redemption. I think I've only I've only really ever seen Stephen Baldwin in roles that are like meta takes on Alec Baldwin, if that makes sense. Like if in 30 Rock, if Alec Baldwin looks in like a funhouse mirror, they'd get Stephen Baldwin in to be the reflection, that sort of thing. I think that's all I've ever seen him do. Not only is Stephen Baldwin the top choice here, I'm, 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 I'm looking at his recent films. Here's one called Let the Lion Roar. Oh, wow. Um, starring Kevin Sorbo. <gasps> uh Wow, and I think oh. he's all in. This is let the lion roar. Uncover one of the greatest and darkest deceptions of our time: the conspiracy to cover up the church's true identity. He also did something called "I'm in love with a church girl," and something called "Dino Time." <laughs> <laughs> Dino, Dino Time. time. Dino oh, time. and something called "Mission: The Prophet." <laughs> Shark in Venice. Oh my god, huh. he's done some amazing sounding. <laughs> Here. Here's another one, right? Tapestry yeah. is the story of a man, Stephen Baldwin, in the midst of a heavy personal and spiritual crisis. Aided by his father and family, he embarks on a personal journey that will forever change him. <laughs> this is what Stephen Baldwin does. You completely nailed it. He's a man. And at the end, uh, a call for everyone to go out and text their friends with the phrase... Cake's not dead. He's still not <laughs> dead, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. When, when do the newsboys come into this? Oh... Um, no, they're getting a cake for a big concert, and it's the cake. It's a cake of Christ on the crucifix. What's the big finish though? What's the big takeaway from it? They the don't cake. make the cake. <coughs> what happens? Is he like make? Is he, he thinks he's he's gonna have to make the? They cake win the court so he, case. He makes he the balls. He makes the shaft. But then he's just getting ready to put the spunk on, and then someone comes in and goes, "You won the case. Don't make the yeah. cake." And then he just chops the end of it off. They just eat the cake before anyone can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Scoffing it down. <laughs> That's your big closer. Stephen yeah, Baldwin's yeah. face in a hey, giant Wolfing down ball. a cock penis cake. <laughs> <laughs> Bits of spit coming out the side of his mouth. Choking on it as he <laughs> wolfs it down. Gagging why, is he, why is he doing it in a rush? Because he knows that someone walks knows in the reporters are on the way to get his comment, and he doesn't want to let them see the cake. And then all all his Christian friends come in to help him eat it, to eat the evidence. So and it becomes the body of Christ as they pass it. Yeah, around and they wash yeah, it priest, down with some blood of Christ. Wacky Pastor it. Dave comes in, blesses it, even though yeah. it's a different type of Christianity, and then it becomes the body of the cock of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> And they wash it down with some blood of Christ, and that's the end. They end life pray. This is we've nailed it. Blas- this is this, this is, is definitely blasphemous. I think that's this, brilliant. What we're saying. <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah. Well, we're all going to hell. Well, there you go. I hope we didn't offend too many of you. 
I'm sure if you've come this far, we didn't, so there's no point in saying this, is there? Anyway, uh, that was God's Not Dead. Let us know what you thought of this. Uh, if you liked hearing us get into theology and religion, then uh, we might consider making this a, a kind of annual tradition, much like we do with our Fifty Shades sex fest episodes now, and, and Calvin's trying to get shark movies going as an annual thing as well. So let us know. Um, and speaking of shark movies, yes, uh, Calvin has insisted that we do Deep Blue Sea next week, so that's our third shark movie episode in less than two years. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Apparently Deep Blue Sea 2 is coming out or something. And as ever, go to dimreturns.com in the meantime for news and contact info and all that stuff. Get involved in the discussion. See you next week. Bye.